thirsty and 30. I was 36 in 2016, so I thought, oh, then chop, chop. Like, let's get started, Sam. We need to kind of, you know, get the ball rolling here. So yeah. that year, I was, you know, like looking to really date and, you know, settle. Basically, I was auditioning husbands. Conventionally good looking, but there was just something about this person. You know, like chemistry or something, right? Mm -hmm. Which does not make the best foundation for a relationship, but for some reason, it took me a really long time to figure that out. So I, I think my biggest regret was freezing the eggs and being so public about it. Because I think I then contributed to informing more women mm. about this procedure. Because now I don't agree with it. Thirsty and 30. Hi Thirsty People, this is Bayo, one half of the duo of Thirsty and 30, the blind eating the blind chat show on Smarter Love. Sharon are back for another season, thirstier than ever to get to the bottom of dating, relationships, and love problems that continue to happen to the best of us. To keep up to date with season two, check out thirstyand30.club. We are now on our 13th episode with Sam O a podcaster and host. We talked to her about her personal experience with egg freezing, faith, and a change of heart. She has proved that it's okay to change your mind, especially if it no longer aligns with your values. Thirsty and 30. She also always looks really good. I don't know, I feel like the first time I encountered her years ago, until today, to me, she looks as blooming as ever. So also above all, she is a practicing Catholic who really discovered the beauty of her faith in the recent years. So let us bring in Sam. Oh. Hello, Sam. Hi. Hi. Welcome. All of a sudden. Thank you. Thank you for that intro. I'm not used to, you know, because I'm, I'm more used to introducing people. Like, I'm not used to being the one that's introduced. So I'm just like, oh my gosh, what do I even say? But like, thank you. That was lovely. Hi. Hi wow. and welcome. Yeah. You look pristine. I love it. Oh my God. I, I just rolled out of bed. So I'm not <laughs> sure. Yeah. What <laughs> <laughs> your your hair looks great, girl. <laughs> from last week. Yes. Um, thank you. Okay, so we'll we'll start with a little icebreaker, and this is something okay. we ask some of our guests. And the first question we ask is, "What is your go-to lende or flirting move, if you have one?" I always like to learn from other people and pull pull some tricks. Yeah, mm. I'm just kidding. Wow. <laughs> but I cannot even remember the last time I made lande somebody. I mean, I don't know about you girls, but like mm. since the pandemic hit, have you guys been dating? Yes. <laughs> oh! Yes. I just want to quit this dating. <laughs> I have to yes. say. Through this pandemic, huh? Uh-huh. Like, yeah. How's yeah. that going? Sorry, I know you guys just asked me a question, but I'm just like, how's it go? You can ask uh, us anything. <laughs> great. I think it's because the person that I've been making lande during the pandemic is a very, very nice man. I think that's why it's going well. But I understand why it could be such a sucky you know, um, circumstance also. Uh-huh. So, I mean, so did, like, did you guys meet online? Because I'm, I'm sure a lot of people are doing that. Yes, yeah, fair in 2019. And then somehow we just, hello, if you're listening after this <laughs> but we stayed in contact but yeah he's a nice person i think that's why okay yeah. so, but, 
But do oh, you guys yeah? meet up? Like, have you guys been on actual he's, dates? Like, how? No, he's not here, but soon it's coming. I see. I'll I keep see, you. I'll keep you all posted. Don't worry. One, maybe. LBR. No, I'm. LBR. No, I'm shy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What about you, Bea? You know what? It's been. Um, I've done a lot of virtual dates. I would say. Uh, oh wow! Like a Zoom date. Yeah, I think in the beginning it was interesting because it was like working on the connection rather than having the temptation of physicality. And then I think year two, is it year two now? Yeah, for COVID. That's when it starts to kind of wake you up a little bit that the you need to see the person face to face. So yeah, um, dating's been fun, but I think it's taking a toll for sure. Not just me, I think a lot of people. So but yep. if anything, I know myself more the last one year and a half than ever. So it's fun, mm. but I, I would say I miss the face-to-face dates for sure. Um, sana mangyara soon. Soon. Yeah, soon. absolutely. Mukhang yeah. mga things are opening up and I mean, goodness, when I go to the mall now, ang dami tao. Like, parang walang pandemic, guys. But, mm. so I, I feel like, yeah, we're gonna be hanging out soon on dates and stuff like that. But sorry, yeah, yeah going back to your question, what's my, Landy and Move? I mean, I, I don't know, I'm, I'm pretty good at like putting out feelers, I think, when I like somebody. Okay. <laughs> um, oh my gosh. Has What's an example of I... a feeler? Like, how do you do it? I mean, I... I guess just, like, try and talk to them or try to make, like, you know, opportunities for us to hang out. Mm-hmm. You know, very, like, mainstream stuff, I suppose. And not very savvy. I'm not like I'm horrible at mind games. I'm not the you know I, I'm I can't do that. So I'm be- pretty straightforward. Yeah. So, yeah. Not the most exciting answer I know. But no, it's we okay. We <laughs> want practical. We don't want exciting anymore because I think when you're young, you're always looking for excitement, and now it's mm. like. The whole yeah. world is slowed down. Let's stop being exciting. Let's do practical. I like, uh, <laughs> okay. I like chill. Yeah. Straightforward. There's an idea. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's cool. I'm on board. So definitely okay. make it easier for the guy. Is that yeah. The, yeah. Trying to make it convenient. Oh, I gets, gets. I'm going to take down notes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Sam, we usually have an anonymous letter. And tonight we have one from our Instagram followers. So let me Ooh. read it. Hi, Thirsty okay. Girls and Sam. Call me Miss Panic at the Disco. I watched your episode last week and I'm not going to lie, I'm freaking out. I am 35 years old and when Dr. Aubrey confirmed that my egg quality is declining, I have been in a state of panic. I am in a five-year relationship. We are happy. He is mabait, as in super. Nobody has treated me as well as him. But here's the problem. I see no signs of marriage anytime soon. I do not know what he is waiting for. Okay, he is younger than me. He's 33 years old. But still, Indico gets. I've thrown him hints left and right. And voila, it's like talking to a wall. We both talked about wanting kids of our own. I told him when we met na 30 na ako and time is of the essence. But still, take his time si Kuya. Help, I want to freeze my eggs, but it is so expensive. So I'm keeping that as my plan B. So my question is... How do I get him to move our relationship to the next level? Should I move on and find someone else? Or should I stay and freeze my eggs? Should I rush him? What? 
SOS, Miss Panic at the Disco. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> I love how she wrote it too. Like, it's so funny. I, I know the situation is not funny, but how she wrote it to us made me laugh. Yeah. Gosh. Yeah. So, like, yeah, do we just kind of get into it? Yes. What yeah, advice what do you would think, you give Miss Panic at the Disco? I. <laughs> Is having a, a sit down, like a serious sit down, does that count as rushing him? I mean, this is certainly something you guys can talk about as a couple. Like, this is a serious mm. thing. And if you can't talk about something like this, then, you know, do you know what I mean? Like, you should be able yeah. to talk about these things without having, mm. like, without it freaking the other person out automatically. And especially after being in a relationship for five years and having talked about children, you know? So I guess yeah. for me, that would be the first step. Like, you know, hey, there's something on my mind. It's really important to me. Can we talk about this? I agree. I think if you don't, if you have that conversation and he refuses to have it, then I think your plan, uh, you should move on and maybe <laughs> find somebody else should just start coming into play. Because if you're 35, you know what you want, and this guy is 33 and just won't even give you a conversation, that's a bad sign. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -mm. Yeah. What do you I think, think the Mia? Reaction, the reaction is telling, always. Like, when you have, as long as you're doing it in a very clear way not like oh bring him to every baby star like there's two ways women can go about it they could either be um like it could hint too much to the point like you're not getting straight to the point just like playing with babies or you could go super aggressive and be like i want a baby in this year and that could stress them out so i feel like just right. sit them down do the mature conversation and the reaction says a lot so if the reaction yeah. is open and accepting and they can give you somehow a timeline, then you know to proceed. But if he says he can't do it in two years, he can't see it in five years, then move mm -hmm. on and do what right. you want. Whether you uh, choose to not freeze your eggs or freeze your eggs, it, it depends really on that person. Mm. On your, so you guys yeah. have been doing a series on this, the egg freezing? Yes, oh. so we, wrote, um, we started out last week with a single girl, 20s, and a doctor to kind of just someone who wants to do more social freezing. And then... What in the world is a social freezing? Like people who do it based on career or like the fear of not finding the right partner. I mean, oh, there's no be. need for it, but you just cover your bases. It's like that, yeah. As opposed to as opposed to like a medical reason. So if let's say um your ovaries like, you know, whether you're going through chemotherapy or, or something and you need to secure oh. so that's medical freezing and then the social freezing is just um based on I guess social pressures or gotcha. whatever society tells you. So we did divinely as well. And of course mm. your story is really interesting for us. Um very yeah. interesting. Yeah. So, so yeah, Miss Panic at the Disco, I hope we helped you. So your first step from all three of us is have the conversation and then decide from mm -hmm. there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Good luck. Miss Panic at the Disco, don't panic. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> don't panic. It always helps to write down what you're going to say and then read it out in the mirror Ooh, if you want. Practice it, yes. <laughs> kind of like, you know, um, public speaking kind of thing. 
<laughs> okay. <Yeah. laughs> so, so we'll just jump into kind of trying to get to know you. I mean, this is the first time we're kind of meeting in a kind of, what do you call this, a virtual room. Um, yeah. So we just wanted to ask you a little bit on first your dating life. Nothing too crazy. Just what, um, I guess the first thing I want to ask you is how different was your 20s, your dating life in your 20s versus to now? Uh, I think I'm definitely a lot more intentional now. I also have a clearer, better picture of what I'm looking for and what my non-negotiables are. And I stand by them because I think when I was in my 20s and really even into my 30s, I was operating on like whether I was attracted to somebody or not you know, physically or whether it was like some sort of like, okay, maybe physically he's not like conventionally good looking, but there was just something about this person, you know, like chemistry or something, right? Mm -hmm. Which does not make the best foundation for a relationship. But for some reason, it took me a really long time to figure that out. So I was doing this, you know, for years and kind of wondering, you know, when a relationship would end, like, huh, I wonder why. And I think as I started maturing, you know, I I realized like, okay, yeah, that's not the best way to go about uh, figuring out whether we'd make a good, uh, we'd make good partners in a relationship. And then when I came into the faith, like, you know, it became a lot clearer to me, like what I was looking for and how I was to go about it. So speaking of yeah. what you look for, how would you differentiate the what the men before or what the qualities you liked then versus the qualities that you like now? Yeah, so like, you know, back then it would be, again, like I said, it would be, do, is there a spark? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. This person, that was the number one thing that I was looking for. You know, I'm physically yeah. attracted to this person. Do we have good conversation? Is he funny? You know, is it, is it comfortable? Like, like, is it easy? You know, that kind of, and these are not bad things, by the way. These are great things. But I was building a relationship off of that. And mm-hmm. now it's more like first, number one has to be, are we on the same page about the faith? Because my faith, mm-hmm. you know, dictates so much of how I live, how I prioritize things in my life, the decisions I'm going to make. And if I meet somebody and if we were to marry and start a family, how we're going to raise children and, you know, how we're going to live and, you know, just all of those things. Yeah. My faith leads into all of that. And so that's number one. And then the rest, I feel like, yeah, I'd like to be attracted to him. I'd like for him to be funny. You know, I'd like for him to be smart, but hmm. it's not really on the same level as that. Yeah. I yeah. Other things I can work out. Mm-mm. That's so interesting. Like having the, I mean, I'm curious about this. Would you date someone of a different religion? <sighs> That's so hard. I think if their faith hard. was really strong and it's, you know, you have common principles, like there's a God, all that, but different. <sighs> Honestly, I, I can't see that happening. Okay. I, I just yeah. think because marriage in itself is very hard. It's what I hear. I've never been married, but mm-hmm. I hear marriage is very difficult. And so, and obviously there are people who make it work, but yeah. ideally, like, you know, it would be so much easier if we could just see eye to eye on that thing, which is so important 
um, and the rest is going to be challenging as it is. And so, gosh, I, I, I honestly don't think I could. Yeah. Mm. I mean, it makes sense. It's good that it's clear now because I think there's some people, you know, they're very clear with that. Because sometimes when you date someone, you do try to be flexible and be like, oh, I'll, I'm open to that. And then later on, you realize, actually, this is not going to work out. Like, some, some, as simple as, like, I, I like hiking, for example. And then suddenly mm-hmm. you don't like hiking, like, six months from now. <laughs> and the other person's so passionate about hiking, then you're right. going to clash. <laughs> and it's, and yeah. it's really hard to fake something yeah. that you don't believe or you don't like, you know? That's exactly. I'm a camper. Yeah. I think it boils <laughs> down to like certain non-negotiables. Yeah, because some a lot of things are negotiable. I mean, nobody's yeah. going to be like, you have to have eight back abs or else I'm out. You know, there are certain <laughs> negotiable things. Like, but I know someone like that. No, yeah, some couples, they, they come yeah. together. <laughs> okay, I asked someone once if I, if I needed to have abs. To date him because he had abs. Hindi naman daw. So, okay lang yan. Negotiable naman. Negotiable yan. Speaking of negotiables and non-negotiables, what are your relationship and non-negotiables other than faith? Bea, you can answer this also. I'm curious. What are your relationship hmm. non-negotiables or red flags now compared to before? Bea, you, you go can, first. You can start us off, Bea. Yeah. You know what? I'm all- Always, the, this is hard for me because I'm a people pleaser and I actually just say yes to a lot of things. But if I were say like my ultimate red flag right now is like no intention. So I don't know. This sounds really lame, right? No intention. I don't know. No. It's like someone doesn't put effort. Like you're trying to make it work, and everything to them is just so hard. I think that's a red flag. Um, but everything oh, yeah, else, sure. I haven't. Maybe being rude to my family and friends. I've gone through that where. He was very um, aggressive <laughs> to my family and friends. I thought it was like my principio, but you know, I think that was wrong. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah, there's a few, but I think those top two um, for sure are red flags. But you're gonna discover more, like you know, until I die, I think I'll find them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, I agree yeah. with those. And like speaking of being rude, because um, I don't know, I think a lot of guys would. Well, smart guys wouldn't be like rude to your family or friends like to their face mm-hmm. when you're dating or something however if he's rude to like the waiter or the help yeah. but then it's nice to everyone else but then like you know who are people who are who maybe can't do anything for him he's rude to them like oh huge, huge. red flag huge, huge. Mm-hmm. yeah wow. um yeah or maybe someone who's controlling i guess but then that's so that like that's universal though isn't it yeah yeah it's hard yeah. to have, not be controlling i mean most people have like some level of certain <laughs> things that they're pretty controlling about like I, I tend to be very controlling about the bathroom i'm very particular oh, about how? what do you mean no outside <laughs> shoes in the bathroom or else i'm gonna go like ballistic um oh, i just like things i just I like it clean that's it yeah Okay. I don't. I don't like. I don't like shoes in the house. Period. So I totally get the no shoes in the bathroom. You know, when you share a hotel room with your friends and they don't apply that rule, and then the floor gets gray, I'm like, I'm gonna put my foot down. That's a rule, Bawa. Oh, <laughs> so. Yeah. No. Everybody out. 
Yeah, Baba. No. Yeah. Someone did tell me that the secret to a good marriage is like either having separate bedrooms or separate um bathrooms. Bathrooms. So Oh, mm. I've heard that too. Malay mo. Yeah. <laughs> I believe I've in also the bathrooms. Heard, yeah. 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 I think that yeah, maybe not the bedroom because obviously like you guys want I mean for me anyway, like I would still want to sleep in the same bed and you know do all that. Uh, but maybe the separate bathrooms, I can see how that could be wise advice, actually. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I have a question on one of your um, interviews with um, Brother Bo. Um, I was mm. watching this and I found it really interesting that you said your faith was transactional when you first started. Like you were doing the prayers of St. Bridget. Is that and like 15 mm -hmm. prayers a day and then the end that you wanted to request for something mm -hmm. and i wonder if you think nowadays we as like you know whether it's women or men we look at relationships and not only with god but with people as transactional it's like you do this for me i'll do this for you and even with your like a partner you're like if i cook for you you better I don't know, give me a back massage or something, or whatever people ask for nowadays. So yeah. how how has that changed for you? Like now obviously you've found faith, but in the past it was like that kind of transactional thing. Um were you aware of that? Yeah. Or yeah, I guess I'm just curious about this whole transactional word. Um, because I see this a lot in dating and relationships and friendships and even family relationships. And I wonder how you stop it. <laughs> mm. Well, I mean, just with my faith, when I say it was transactional, you know, in the very early stages of my faith, because I, I turned to, to my, my faith and God and praying and all that, because I had such a tough year. Like 2016 was such a horrible year. Mm. This was when I was really like, you know, I, I realized like, okay, I think I do want a family. I think I do want to get married. I was 36 in 2016. So I thought, oh, then chop, chop. Like, let's get started, Sam. We need to kind of, you know, get the ball rolling here. So yeah. that year I was, you know, like looking to really date and, you know, settle. Basically, I was auditioning husbands, right? <laughs> And I just want to audition husbands. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, but you know, like I guess I say that to mean like before, if a if a guy comes into my life and there's a spark, there's the thing again, there's that spark, then okay, mm -hmm. there, there it is. And then if you know nothing happens, then okay, whatever. If it comes, if it comes kung wala, edi wala. That year I was like, okay, I really want to like I want to do this on purpose, you know? Uh so I, I was trying to do that and for the entire year, like everything just kind of fell apart. And okay. at the end, yeah, and like maybe halfway through the year, I was just so heartbroken. Yeah. And that's when I started to think like, okay, I think I'm doing something wrong. I'm not sure what it is. And I randomly heard from a cousin of mine who's Catholic and we don't really like, you know, message back and forth or whatever, but she just popped up out of the blue and she was like, hey, how are you? you know, blah, blah, blah. And I told her, like, I, I, you know, I think I really want to settle down, but it's just, this is, this is really hard. Mm -hmm. And she was like, um, you know, this is God. Like, he wants you to turn to him. I think he wants you to pray to him. Why don't yeah. you give that a thought? And at that point, I was just like, okay, whatever. But 
what have I got to lose? Right. So mm-hmm. halfway through that year, I started praying. Nothing really happened. It was just like the little comfort thing that I had. And things got worse, really, by the yeah. end of that year. Um, but I guess what I mean by transactional was what I was praying for at that time was like, God, please, can you make this happen? Please give me this. Give me that. Yeah. It wasn't so much like, God, what are you trying to tell me? You know, why? What am I supposed to learn out of this? Like, It wasn't reflective or, you know, it, it was really just me, God, like me asking God for stuff that I wanted. So yeah. that's what I mean. Yeah. With the whole transactional thing. But to go back to your question with the relationship, I mean, I we had this conversation recently on the podcast, and I think there's nothing wrong with having um, an objective for your faith. Like, we all do things to get something out of it. And I think with faith, too, it's like that. But I think our objectives change. Like, in the beginning, for me, it was, oh, I want, you know, this relationship. I want a family. You know, I want this and that. But now it's more like, I want uh, to know God's will for my life. I want to be changed, you know, to a version of myself that is pleasing to him. Um, and, of course, as Christians, we believe, you know, the eternal, I'm sorry, the, the ultimate goal would be heaven and eternal life and things like that. Yeah. So in that sense, there is still, I'm still looking to something, but that thing has changed. Yeah. Did you ask for a husband? Did you pray for us? I did. I did. <laughs> Were you specific <laughs> with your prayer? Yes. And there was this one guy that I was actually seeing at that time. And things were falling apart so royally. <laughs> and I couldn't, like, I could not understand. Could not understand. Mm-hmm. And I, I had to turn to God. Like, I, I did not know what else to do. Is that, um, I, I was going to ask you, Sam, like, when you things, when you think things are like falling apart, because you feel like, okay, when you meet someone, they're great, the connection's there, and then suddenly it just falls apart in a blimp, like, you know, just a blink of the eye. And I wonder, and in an instant, you can stop talking to this person, you can, you know, a lot of things can happen in an instant. How do you deal with like the waves of emotion into some? losing someone because it does feel like someone died even if they didn't you know Mm. if they leave your life like how do you besides is it just prayer that kind of got you through it or were there other things that you did to i guess stop the pain you know the 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 the, the, uh, the rolling of emotions i guess whatever that is i'm trying to think back no i did a lot of things because again you know the prayer thing it didn't really come together for me until the next year. So, you know, for the rest of that year where I was just kind of desperately, I don't know, trying to grasp at straws or something and being transactional with God, you know, I was doing a lot of other things like, you know, talking to friends, um, (laughs) you know, go out for a drink. um, But I don't know. I mean, those things are like, they're like band-aid solutions, you know, they'll make you forget for a little bit. But eventually, like, there's got to be something more solid than that. And I think for me, that was, like, prayer and, learn, like, trying to learn, like, what the church teaches on, like, okay, how, how am I supposed to date? You know, what, what am I supposed to look for? You know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's super interesting that people usually pray and pray and pray and pray for something, something and they didn't get it. Usually, they turn away from mm. prayer. They're like, okay, it didn't work. But you 
went the opposite side. So what pushed you into that direction instead of just quitting? Okay, this did not work for me. You know, I, there's a saying that goes, prayer is not supposed to change God's mind. It's supposed to change you. So I think that's what happened to me. As I was praying, I realized like, oh, this guy is not a very good guy. <laughs> you know, I started out praying for, you know, for this guy. Like, God, I really want to be with this one, this one. <laughs> and, you know, as I was praying through yeah. that, I was like, oh, okay, mm -hmm. no, he's not the one. And I think I kind of get it. I think I want something else, someone else. Yeah a different kind of relationship. So I was changing through that process gradually, I think is what happened. Did this guy notice your change? Did he go like, what happened? <laughs> or no, he didn't do I don't know um, because I unfriended him on Facebook. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and I'm not on Facebook anymore. Okay. Um, I don't know what his social situation is, but uh, he would like sometimes message and he was so mean like he was so mean wow. but you know how these guys are like you know how sometimes it's like when you're trying to desperately fix the situation and you're the one that's like you know humahabol to yeah. make it better and all that like they want nothing to do with it and then when you decide okay i'm so done with this <laughs> they feel yes. it and they come crawling back <laughs> right yes so we, i think they're yeah yeah. I totally go ahead. That. I love that guys really sense these things. Hmm. They really do. They have a good detector for when you uh, yeah. hands off, hands there on. Was, there was this <laughs> other guy that one of the the not so great virtual um, romances I had. He was such a douche, and then I was like, I am done. I am over this. So suddenly, he's like texting all the time, <laughs> trying to call. I'm like, I don't want I'm out. But yes. Sam, we do have a question from our audience. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. This question is for Sam. When you started praying for guidance and for a husband, did you do that before or after you decided to freeze your eggs? Thirsty and 30. Are you loving this conversation as much as we are? We hope you're enjoying the heartfelt and sometimes funny moments in this conversation. What have you learned so far? Message us what you think on our socials, Thirsty and 30, or better yet, go to our website, thirstyand30.club and reach out to us all right let's get back to it thirsty and 30. so i did, i froze my eggs the same year actually so as i was as i was starting to date this guy is when i was starting to freeze my eggs at the same time as well mm -hmm. um so the praying was definitely already happening because here's the thing i wasn't aware of the catholic church teaching on egg freezing and it took me a while. Like it took me a couple of years after I froze my eggs that I realized, oh my gosh, the church teaches against this? What? And yeah, yeah. then I had to make a decision. Yeah. So yes, I was praying already. So speaking of egg freezing and changing your position, let's let's jump to that topic. So what mm -hmm. pushed you to freeze your eggs the first time? Because, you know, truthfully, you were one of the first that I've read actually here in the Philippines mm -hmm. about egg freezing. And that's when I started researching about it um, in 2016. So mm -hmm. what pushed you? Um, I had a friend who is my age. And because we were both single, we would talk about this once in a while. Like, we knew that it was a thing. Uh, we didn't really know people who had done it. But, yeah, we knew that there was a procedure out, procedure out there 
that this was a this was an option for us. But um, and then I think as my 2016 turned into a crap storm, I was like, okay, maybe I should really look into this. So mm-hmm. I went to the clinic. And I, I did a consultation and then and there, like we got started. Like wow. during the consultation itself. Yeah. Ah. So yeah, it was really more like, okay, I need like it was a plan B. It was that it was it was one of those. How did uh, how did you feel after it and how did people react to it? Because it was so early then. And I know we'll talk a little bit later about your the change and the teaching of the church, but I mean, in that instant, like after you started the process, how did you feel after that? Like physically? Yeah, physically, emotionally. emotionally. I heard, emotionally. There's, a, I heard yeah. there's craziness with emotions and like people start crying and all that. Yeah, you know, physically, I'm from what I hear, like the side effects are like all over the place. Some mm-hmm. I've heard some people like, yeah, they were super emotional and the procedure itself really hurt. Um, my, uh, my friend that I just talked about, who I would talk to about this, also eventually had it done. And she had like the worst like rashes and she was itching all over, you know, all night. It, I don't know, weird side effects. I didn't have any of those. I also wasn't particularly emotional because of the hormone shots or anything like that. I, my, like my experience of it was pretty smooth. Okay. Um, even the extraction process itself, like it wasn't really like painful or anything. Um, yeah. And then after the procedure, I guess you feel a little sore, mm. but nothing that I would describe as like pain. But did you did you feel like there was a weight off your shoulders though when you did do it? Like you were like, oh, okay, there, start them. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I did. It was, yeah, it was like a reassuring, okay, there, got my plan B. Although the doctor was very clear that, you know, of course, there's no guarantee that, yeah. you know, these eggs would lead to children, but at least you have the option. And that's exactly how I felt. Yeah. And then people's reactions when you told them, like your parents and your friends and just people, you know, that were close to you. My parents were kind of... Because I don't think they were aware of church teaching either. But yeah. And I didn't really consult them about it or anything. Like, you know, I was 36. Like, I'm a big girl. Mm-hmm. Uh, it wasn't something that I, like, needed to ask permission or anything like that. Yeah. I just told them, like, hey, I looked into this and I think I'd like to do this. And I think for the most part, they were just amused by it. Yeah. <laughs> um. For the most part, my friends were excited for me, I suppose. Like, they were happy. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if I had friends who, you know, religious friends at the time who maybe inside were like, hello, bawal kaya, or whatever. But I mean, yeah. I didn't hear from them. So yeah. You didn't get any backlash. I mean, given that you were like, you know, you're you're in public. A lot of people, like, watch or listen to you. Did, did anyone, like, message you and be like, why would you play God or, you know, but people, how people react, like just do it the natural way. Like, you know, those things. You know what? No, I don't think so. 
Yeah, I got. I heard from a lot of women who were like, "Oh, I didn't know this procedure was available." Ooh, um, you know, where did you get it done? Or thank you for you know, because I did a blog post about it, which of course I'm not yeah. very proud of now because I've changed my stance on it. Um, but uh, yeah. you know, they were thankful for the information and you know that kind of thing. Yeah. So speaking of changing your stance, you changed your mind about freezing your eggs. How long? I mean. It must have been a tough, was it tough pro, a tough process to accept the teaching of the church about it? Where you're like, mm, do I wanna, do I wanna follow and really? Thaw? Yeah, because some people they do like select. They say like, oh, you could do selective faith, but I just, yeah, to me that sounds weird. I think you're either all in or I mean, because technically I'm a pretty, I'm, I'm very, I'm, I'm very Catholic, but there are certain things that I'm like, uh, that's that part's not for me. Like, I can't really remember the last time I've done confession because I just never felt comfortable doing it. But everything else, I, I do pretty much follow. So how about you? You know what? Yeah, because like I said earlier, even as I was coming to the faith, I wasn't aware of what the church taught on this. And it yeah. was, how did I find out about it? I don't remember the moment, like the exact moment I figured it out. But mm. it took me a couple of years. And so... I, I mean, I, I feel like maybe if I came into the faith and that's the first thing that I learned, like, oh my gosh, IVF is not allowed, maybe I would have backed out. Yeah. And be like, <laughs> okay, I'm not sure if this is for me, guys. Like, you know, but it took me a while. And so I think by the time I found out, I had enough, like I had built up enough of a, of a faith life and yeah. a relationship with God to kind of take it in stride. And it's funny that you mentioned confession because I felt the need to go to confession not knowing what I was going to do about it, but I felt the need to go to confession. So I did. And I remember telling the priest, like, this is what I did. But here's the thing. I'm not ready to toss them yet. Is that okay? You know? And yeah, he, was he, like, he was like, yes, it's okay. You know, it's kind of like, it's kind of like when you know you have to forgive somebody, but sometimes yeah. you can't do it in that instant. And yeah. so you need to kind of take your time with it a little bit, process things and yada, yada, yada. So I was like, okay, but I just needed that off my chest. And now I'm going to pray to God about, okay, you know, what, what do you want me to do about this? Just give me the grace to do what I need to do. And eventually I came to peace with that decision. Wow. What did the priest tell you? I think like I heard that you just had to pray one Our Father, but is that... <laughs> Fred, that's I, I remember oh, going to oh, confession no. in high school or grade school and I was like so nervous. Like I was like, I'm going to burn in that room for sure. Like, <laughs> I am going to burn. And he's going to know when I come in that room that I have so much things to tell him that we won't, we'll have the full day in here. <laughs> no one will get a chance to do it. I would go to the last... I would be like, hey, no, mauna, you first. priest to even listen to what you have to say. <laughs> no. Yeah. Um, no, what's this? Actually, I don't remember what my penance was for that particular confession, but the one our father confession was the first one I did mm. as I came to the faith and realized I need to go to confession. Like after not having practiced for the longest time, you know, mm -hmm. like a general confession, <laughs> like a real look back in my list, life. A full yes, list. yes, Hello, that confession. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah, I was expecting like, I don't know, pray 10 rosaries or something, like something super intense like that. But I went in there 
confessed all the things that I could think of. And he told me to pray one hour father. And I was like, oh my gosh, it's a walk in the park for God to forgive our sins. All he wants is for us to come to him and ask for forgiveness because it's so easy for him. Yeah. You know, all he wants is for us to repent. That was my takeaway from that. That's a good takeaway from that. Yeah. Because <laughs> I would just think it's a cool father. More, yeah, that's what, yeah, but that's a great way of looking at it. But I, I like think that. we're harder on ourselves than like yeah. you know, um, than anyone else. Like I, we're so critical when you mm. know when you say that like God is forgiving or uh, other people, even the ones that love us a lot, they're actually really forgiving. Um, it's just that we make it worse in our heads sometimes. I'm oh, curious, yeah. Sam. Um, when you decided to finally like thaw your eggs, did you feel fear? Because like it is an investment for some people, and I'm sure you, like it's time, energy, money, and or were you just like, okay, this is just something I have to do, or did you feel like, am I gonna regret this? Yeah, you know, I mean, I, I'm not sure if I, okay, I realized, like, okay, this is what I have to do, actually did it, and then never thought of it again. That was not the experience. There were moments mm. after that where I was like, gosh, I, I did the right thing, right? I did. You know, just, like, I would have brief moments like that, but yeah. overall, yeah, it was definitely a feeling of more like, yes, I'm glad I did that. Um, I'd really rather be aligned more with like, you know, what God would want me to do on these things. Um, so overall, it was more peaceful. But I, I definitely had those moments, yes. Yeah, because it's like one of those things. The worst thing is to just kind of like put one foot and the other to the other and be like, oh, right. did I regret? Did I? Oh, it's like you constantly have to keep asking yourself. <laughs> Sometimes with little things, like I'll talk to Shari. It's like, tama ba to? Tama ba to? Like, did I do the right thing? <laughs> so how did you calm yourself, Sam, with the whole, okay, this was the right decision? I think you just really have to think back to the reasons why the church teaches on this and maybe basically just refresh your memory on what convinced you in the first place that yes this is this makes sense to me this is why i'm going to do this like i get it you know and not be swayed maybe by like what the world teaches oh my gosh does that sound like oh what the world but you know like <laughs> you know what i mean yeah. So, yeah remind myself of the understanding and how it's logical to me for people that are listening and like they don't really i mean some of i know a few people would be listening to this and are um catholic but maybe you could because like sam what i like about how you talk about his faith it's very would you say it's very modern or applicable yeah. now and i think sometimes people don't know the entire thing or they just they just like stick to what is taught to them what they uh hear at at church and mass mm. they don't you know they don't go research they don't go to youtube university to check what is being said for people that don't know what is actually the teaching on egg freezing at the moment or you know right right and yes i agree i think when i also first started learning about this i was like how come they don't talk about this you know during the homily they should tell me the stuff, you know? <laughs> um, but, and I'm not here to, you know, cite verses from the catechism or like, 
mm-hmm. tell you, you know, reference the papal encyclical and whatever. Like, I am still, you know, very much like learning about this and journeying through the faith. I am not, I'm not an authority on this stuff, but what I understood yeah. and what made sense to me coming to the faith meant basically that I acknowledged a creator, that there was a God who is a creator and created everything, the world, the universe, you and me, and that there is, and that this creator is an intelligent um, being who had a purpose and a design for everything to work. And so, I mean, when you just look at our bodies, you know, it is such an intricate system. Yeah of how everything works. And so when it comes to something like this, the church teaching is that there is a particular purpose for sex. It is for the union of the spouses and for procreation. It is not a coincidence that when a man and a woman have intercourse, the result is a baby. That is the purpose for sex, right? Right. Um, So in, in the case of something like IVF, you would now take away the result of this act away from the act. Mm. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was that's something now that strays from what maybe from what God intended for sex to be, for what children to be. That made sense to me. Mm. Another thing that bothered me was in the procedure of IVF, my understanding is that they will fertilize like not one, but a handful of eggs because they just don't know which one is going to stick, whatever the term is, whatever the yeah. scientific term is. Mm-hmm. So they end up fertilizing a bunch and then injecting it to the woman and see how it pans out. And, you know, uh, we believe that life begins at conception. A, a newborn baby that has been carried to full term is a nine-month-old human being. So we can yeah. date that back to, you know, when this human life was a second old. And mm-hmm. that is the moment of conception, right? Yeah. So if I were going to take, if I were to take this thing, you know, do the IVF procedure, have these fertilized eggs inside me, and in the process, maybe lose three, four fertilized eggs, which according to my belief are already the beginnings of human life in order to have a child. Like that was so ironic to me. So I was willing to sacrifice those human lives to get a human life. Like that doesn't make any sense. This is actually one of the, yeah, go on. Sorry. Yeah. So those things are the, the one, you know, what lined up for me. And again, it made sense. And I think I was able to come to that decision and agree that yes, church teaching on this, I think is, is right. Yeah. Mm-mm. I think that's one of the things a lot of the women would um, tell us is that the hardest thing about it is that seeing that not all of the eggs survive and it's an mm. emotional, besides being at a church teaching and all, um, all you shared with us, it's also an emotional toll for some women to be seeing that, um, because as when you're pregnant, you don't really see that. But this one, like they know, oh, you put two eggs or however mm. people uh, choose to put in them. And then they won't all survive. It's like, oh, it's it's kind of scary that you can see that. But um, yeah, it's interesting right, right. that you shared that. Um, uh, yeah, we have another question. It's from my sister. 
I know she. Oh, did you regret freezing? She. Did you regret freezing your eggs in any way since you decided to toss them, or do you take it as part of God's plan and journey for you? Gosh, God's plan and journey for me. You know, so ever since I decided to do this religious podcast of mine, we've been having a lot of discussions on sin and what God's will is and the Bible and just, you know, everything that's faith related, right? Mm. And one of the things that I learned is that, you know, all of the things in our lives that cause grief or suffering or pain or whatever, this is not from God. You know, as Christians, we believe in spiritual warfare. There are evil forces that are also working to mm -hmm. make you stray from God. You know, so the things, these things that cause us pain, suffering, this is from the enemy. However, God can use those things to, to you know, work in our lives, to make us turn to him. But are they from God? They're not. I think is one of the biggest things that I learned on my podcast. So is it God's plan or journey? I don't think he was, he was like, he planned that out for me because free will too, right? That's the right. biggest gift. I get to decide, you know, I, God doesn't have my life planned out for me. He has given me intelligence. I can, you know, knowledge. I can decide on these things on my own. And so I decided those things, but I think God definitely used all my mistakes and all of the heartbreak of 2016 and all the mistakes that I made to make me realize that, oh my goodness, I need someone up there. I need God. Like, so what, you know, what is his heart? What is his plan? Because I don't yeah. think that was his plan. Do I regret freezing my eggs? Um... I, I do in that I, I think my biggest regret was freezing the eggs and being so public about it because I think I then contributed to informing more women mm -hmm. about this procedure because now I don't agree with it. And I was very, uh, I was very sorry that I did that. <laughs> oh my, this is, like, this is um, a pretty interesting thing that happened. And so I was kind of sitting with this and this is after the whole confession bit so I had gotten it off my chest and um, I had decided that I was going to toss them and everything. But I knew that I, I just felt like it wasn't enough because I had done that. I had talked about it. I had informed other people about it. And I felt like, how do I atone for this? Like, how do I make up for this? You know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I thought, well, you know, I guess, you know, in this day and age, what you do is you put an Instagram post up or something saying... <laughs> This is what's up. I'm sorry I did this. And this is not how I feel about it anymore. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I got, an, I got a random message on my Instagram. And um, she was a reporter. And she asked me if I wanted to talk about this egg freezing thing that I did. And I told her, oh, you know what? Yeah, I did that. But I've changed my mind. And I decided not to use them anymore. And she goes, oh, great. I think that would be an interesting angle too. Like, would you be able, to, would you be willing to talk about it? And she wrote about this in the Inquirer, I believe it was. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so that for me was the atoning thing where I was thinking, I'll just do an Instagram post, but I felt like God was telling me, well, here, why don't you do it on a broadsheet? <laughs> and so that so was the interview that I did where I got to publicly say, 
I don't believe in this anymore, you know? Yeah. 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 And so, you felt that toned for sure. Uh, I don't know if I completely atoned for it, but I felt like that was a first step, hmm. you know? But if you would give advice to women, I mean, Bay and I were 31 and the fear is there. <laughs> I mean, whether or not I can, I don't know, uh, decide to freeze my eggs or not. Like, how do you cope with the fear? What's your advice to women mm. our age or greater who is just clock. scared of our biological <laughs> clocks running out? Gosh, I mean, you know, like like I said, like I I don't feel like I'm I'm an expert at this. I just have my experience and mm. what I've decided to do with that situation. Mm. You know, when I was. 36 and prior to coming to the faith and you know i was at that state of like i really want to start a family i need to look for someone to do that with blah 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 if someone had told me why did you look for god why did you pray about it it would have been like whatever oh my gosh you know this annoying religious person you know <laughs> um like that had to be my own decision and i had to find my way to that mm -hmm. and you know, and although the, the journey that I had was, you know, through the faith, I don't know if that's what I would say, honestly. And if, yeah. like, I mean, how would you, how would you guys feel like if I said, guys, just pray about it, okay? <laughs> you know what I love, Sam, when, it, when we get these, like, miracle stories, like, yeah. I think we had... Um, Divinely was one where she shared that she prayed for uh, a prince, a French guy, and one more thing, Sherry. There was three, um, right? A, a, a prince, French, and not from Manila. Oh, yes. And she got Before. that, but not exactly in the way that she wanted it to be because she was praying for it in Paris. She yes. got okay. someone from Cebu. She got someone who had... Um, uh, French somewhere in there. Yeah. French descent. And then um, their business was started with the word print. So, and then we had my cousin, my cousin, oh, so funny. my cousin yeah. who found her um, partner in church um, favor. And they, she prayed for it. Like she hated him. And then eventually like one day oh. they were overwhelmed with like emotions that they had to be married together. It was bizarre, but I, we just, I guess, you know, I know you said you're not an expert at this, but sometimes, you know, when people have such strong faith, it gives me hope that, I don't know, there's a plan out there laid out oh. if you're willing to really yeah. listen. And do you think, Sam, do you agree? Because some people tell us, we get a lot of advice about finding the one, right? Finding love. One is a good partner is somebody that you pray for. One is you don't look and it will come. Do you think that we should be praying for a good partner or just chill? <laughs> Do you still pray for it? Like, I just wonder. You know, I I, I, abs I, absolutely would pray for it. But here's the thing. Like, I think I'm just at a point in my faith life now where I just want what God wants for me. Because yeah. I trust that whatever God wants for me is the best. Like, better than anything that I can think of. Ever, ever, ever. Um, yeah. So, I, I don't know about the whole just don't look for it and it'll come i mean does it always pan out like, pan out like that I'm, I'm not sure um but yeah i pray for it yes okay you pray for it okay because like i'm just wondering if people it's something we should pray for because 
I've heard people like write on a notebook and then you have to sleep on the notebook. All <laughs> sorts of crazy things like wear crystals and prayers also and, you know, offering things as, a, you know, many things. Even with fertility, you have a lot of those um, traditions and I guess what people go through to just make right. sure that they have like a family, have a husband, have a child. It, it is overwhelming. Um, yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean, I guess I just feel like, you know, whatever it is that you want, you know, God, God can see your heart. He knows what you desire and he can make all of it happen. And, you know that that's peanuts to him. You know he's God. It's all it's all in the palm of his hand. And I think what he wants most of all is just to be acknowledged. You know, I mean, I can I want to give all these things to you. Know, I can give give these things to you. But I guess as as a, as a, as God, like he would want us to know that it's from him too. Yeah, and that's fair. I think. Mm-hmm. And it takes yeah. us sometimes. It takes us a while together. Like I took so long. Hmm. Um. Yeah, yeah. I I would pray about everything. I think. Have you met guys that were like, oh, they were open to it, and then you realize they weren't to your faith. Open to what? Like faith, and you know how sometimes you go on a date and you go, oh, I have um, I'm a practicing um Catholic, and they uh-huh. say, oh, that's uh-huh. great, but then you can tell that they don't really <laughs> agree with that. You know, I'm for sure. Exa- I'm yeah. Yeah, go ahead. For example, for example, uh, like I've met someone who did pretend to go to mass with me, and then later on you pretend. realize they, like they, yeah, they pretended. They basically said that they would go to mass, and then they they don't, <laughs> they don't. Malalam. <laughs> and then there later on a- they change. <laughs> yeah, I think I think maybe like they will pretend like they're interested but then you can clearly tell later that they're not very serious about it like i remember this one guy um <laughs> but then it was maybe it was my fault like i was so intense about it like <laughs> on our first date let's start it with mass <laughs> you know? oh wow he said <laughs> no, it was me i was like Let me oh. mass and then go to dinner you know because oh, it was a sunday like we were gonna yeah we were gonna see each other on a sunday and i was like oh can we go to mass and then let's go to dinner and i thought that was like a really cute thing that i could do <laughs> maybe it was a bit too intense for him but like he was down whatever so we did that and then you know had a nice time and i was gonna see him again and i thought he was in the faith because like he really liked talking about bible but then our next exchange he was like telling me how horny he was or whatever i'm like oh my god <laughs> oh <laughs> it just shows you men will mo was on our show and he said men will do anything yeah Yeah. he would sit through an hour long church session to get into it wow but there's some good ones i i believe i'm sure i I, like i thought it was his move that he asked let's go to church first and then i'm i'm horny like oh my god (laughs) (laughs) i wouldn't be surprised if that has happened i would not be surprised Mm -hmm. oh Mm -hmm. my god i did meet a friend like okay 
my friend told me that he went to Bible study because he's like, this is the last resort to find a good woman. I was like, oh, I found one, but 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 you know, a bit extreme to really have that intention to go to Bible study. Right, to find a, right. Yeah. But, but hitting two birds with one stone, I guess. I mean, I think there is some logic to that in that if you're looking for a particular kind of person, you have to go where they're hanging out. You yeah. know? So, yeah, I guess if you want a godly person, then go check out a Bible study, I guess. But maybe want to buy, want to do the Bible study first and then maybe <laughs> the girl can be a bonus. I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I like that. I mean, I think it's just like the whole or advice babe, about going to Zoom meetings. Um, yeah. Like, like virtual Take all those things, workshops. At least you're, you know, your same interest. Bible yeah. study, same interest. So that's that's um, mm. a check off the list already. So Sam, we are down to our last yeah. question, and this is Bea's oh, favorite already. question. So mm. Bea, take it away. Um, what is love? Yeah. Oh my, just the oh, oh. <laughs> you know, um, I heard this great quote, and I don't know who said it, but. I think, yeah, before it, it would always be like romantic love, you know, how to define some, you know, really catchy phrase about what love is and whatever. Mm. But I think just to wrap things up and put a nice ribbon on this whole faith thing, yeah. I think love is willing salvation for somebody. Ultimately. Huh. Hmm. Huh. What is it? Sorry. Uh, love is salvation? Willing salvation. Willing salvation that is very yeah. nice. I do like the word salvation. I've always like, you know, when they're teaching us the Bible and all that, it was always a word that came up. And I thought, wow, mm -hmm. you know. And yeah. No, yeah. I mean, for me, again, I'm still very much journeying in the faith. And I think one of the things that I realized in the last year and a half or something was that I think the Bible was something that was very much missing in my faith life because I started out with the whole prayer thing. You know, I was going through the the gestures of it, going to mass, confession, all wonderful things. But yeah. hey, there's also that thing, the Bible, which is, you know, God's word. And uh, that's something that I'm really like getting into right now. So, mm. yeah, absolutely. How did you start getting to it? How do you simplify it? I mean, you know, the, the Bible is pretty intense when you just pick it up and just start start from the very it's beginning thick. right it's thick it's, it's long there's it's so many letters things. yeah yeah so how do you how do you start do you do an app or something you know no i actually attend the bible class and you know um recently on my podcast baron geisler was on and we were talking about mm -hmm. his faith journey mm -hmm. and he was talking about because he's also really deep into bible he's doing like four different bible classes right now and mm -hmm. he said that the bible is really not a book that you can understand on your own and you really need some it's a dangerous book to really understand try and understand on your own because there are many ways to interpret it and so you need to find someone who can guide you through it so i would i mean i would read it uh you know maybe something like proverbs or you know psalms like you know like just verses that can kind of inspire me or set the tone for the day but to just understand the whole book i think a bible class is is a way is the way to go yeah yeah and have you do you think it's important that whoever i mean this is obviously an this is an obvious question um do you would you like to share a bible study with your future partner or would you like to have separate <laughs> bible studies you know because sometimes like 
like some some couples they don't like to work out together. I'm just wondering with Bible mm. study, do you prefer to do it together or separately and then share your your findings? Your thoughts about it after. Oh my gosh, I would love to do a Bible study with somebody. I find that so romantic. Oh my god. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> See, this is the kind of thing that excites me now. Like, do you understand where I am with the whole what I'm looking for? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I mean it's good. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. I mean, I on the list about, of things yeah. that I pray for also is yun nagsisimba yung lalaki para sabay ko magkisimba sa Sunday. That's on my list. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's I, one of the I cutest things. And you know, I think it's also really important for the man to take the lead in things like this. Hi, Tama. Yes, it's... <laughs> not even in like a religious um, situation, but just like in general, you want a man who's like strong enough and knows yes. what he's doing and will lead you, you know? So mm-hmm. absolutely also in the faith. And when I think about it in a family context, it's like you're the man of the house. You're the head of the household. We need you to guide us. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, I, um, I mean, I agree with this. I second that. I third oh, that. Men, please take notes. <laughs> Later. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, wow. Um, I mean, yeah. yeah go you go on, ahead. Sam. Oh, oh no, I, I think I just, yeah, I think I just want to add something, like, because I think we're close to wrapping, mm-hmm. um, you know, because you guys have done this egg freezing series, and obviously many women have decided differently than I have, and yeah. I guess I just don't want all of this to come off as, like, you're doing the wrong thing, girl. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, I had my journey with it, and this is where I am about it. Um, when I reversed my position on this and also posted about that, you know, I also heard from some women asking, well, you know, if this is against God's design, then why does he allow children to be born through this procedure? Which is a valid question. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, because God is, is love, like, you know, sometimes he will allow those things because he has a plan for love. And so I guess I just want all of this to end on a note of just, you know, he, he's our father. He loves us, I think, more than we can imagine. You know, his mercy is scandalous. And mm. we're all journeying through this. And I guess I just don't want it. I just don't want them to feel like, oh, well, now I've done this thing. And, well, that's, you know, that's the end for me. I don't know how this, you know, what is the mathematics for mercy and compassion, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and our lives are all different. And yeah, I mean, I just, I just felt like I needed to put that out there. And I do not condemn these women. And I do not, you know, I'm not in a position of like, you know, wagging my finger like, oh, that's not church teaching. Like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I think that's good, Sam, that you share that with us because, like, again, it's like you could be in different stages of your life. Like, you could have found faith in, like, when you were five years old or you could have found it when you're 50. And it's, like, really to each its own and depending on whatever journey people are on. And, yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, it's it was important for us to kind of see different ones because, like, Shari and I are trying to figure it out too. Like, it's not like we go, mm-hmm. oh, just egg freezing, go for science. It's really, this show has showed us like there is a lot of faith involved. Yeah. There's a lot of science involved. There's a lot about kindness. So many things that happen 
in one's love life and relationship life. Mm. Right. I mean, life, obviously, yeah. like, yeah, but I mean, obviously, like, I wouldn't encourage it because, you know, my position on this is clear. But yeah, yeah. at the end of the day, you know, the, the judgment is not from me. And I don't know what, you know, God will do in all of these people's lives. And this is my mm. journey. Everyone has their journey. And, you know, yeah, we're, we're all the teaching is to love one another. And so, you know, I'm in no position to judge. Mm. I appreciate that a lot. I mean, there's yeah. so much judgment there, it's, especially with social media and all this internet. It's so easy. Um, whether someone's not breastfeeding and they're using, mm. you know, manufactured milk, it's like, just give it a break. Yeah, right. <laughs> People are having a hard time nowadays. So whatever. Right. Yeah. I'm going to try so, to stop judging you, Bea. It's hard, but I will try. so much. I hope you learned a lot. So <laughs> that, in the end, before we really wrap up, we do takeaways because we really love learning from people that guest on our show. And Sam, it's, you know, I'm currently agnostic, but it's been kind of a challenging time. And I've always dabbled on thinking, is there faith or not? Or, I mean, my biggest question is really about priests, but we can talk about this backstage. Um but I guess, like, Shari, what did you learn besides stop judging me and being kind <laughs> to me and loving me for all that I am? I just said stop judging. And I was like, no, well, <laughs> what did I learn today? I think what I learned the most today is just learn, like, hearing both sides is always very, very important. Mm. Um, I think that's like, it's hard because I feel like I learned a lot today. A lot yeah. about. <laughs> Being well-informed is one. Like what Sam said, she made a decision before, went into the faith, and didn't really decide until, or learn about it until later on. So I think just trusting your own process is what I've mm. been getting. Like one day, you'll figure it out little by little, and then towards the end of it, um, I swear, I'm just so confused. Like, not confused, <laughs> but I'm so confused as to what my sentence will be. But essentially, my point <laughs> is that you, you will get there. Being kind to me. No, more that you will get there. It life is a journey. You can choose yeah. to do this and that in the past, and then change your mind in the future, and then you'll just get there. I don't yeah. know. Mm -hmm. I'm just you will get there. Yeah, yeah. You <laughs> You're know, still when praying I, for something. <laughs> you know, when I was um in the faith already and identifying as a practicing Catholic, like I and not aware of the IVF teaching. Mm -hmm. I had friends around me who were religious and knew of the teaching, but, you know, they didn't, like, shove it in my face. Yeah. You know? mm -hmm. So they just kind of gave me, you know, my face and my time, you know, for, for God to work. And mm -hmm. eventually I came to that place and I only heard about them, you know, kind of wondering, like, oh, I wonder if Sam knows and blah, 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 after, you know, I had made that decision. So, yeah, I guess it's kind of like that. Yeah, and I think it's also important when you do have a like a opposing opinions, never being preachy, being preachy mm -hmm. towards people will never get you anywhere. I think that's also <laughs> an important takeaway. You know, people go like, "I'm a disciple," you're like, "Oh, never." You know, that's like you should. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I do like, like that about the new generation of Catholics, or like whatever your religion is, they are not as preachy as probably the older generation where it's like, you must go to mass every Sunday. You must confess at this time. Like nowadays, it's really like they really try to understand the word of God in a way that applies to the days today. Like yeah. obviously egg freezing is not in the Bible. No. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. So, Bay, how about you? What did you learn? You may be more eloquent than what I just said because <laughs> I have just jumbled up in my head because there's so much. Uh, you know what? I'm always stumped with religion because it's something I've always like. I don't know. I've I've been challenged by it. Um, I guess from the rebellious stage to the stage of like just trying to find your spirituality and faith. And I think the last one year and a half, it it pays to update your faith. Uh, mm. I mean, it sounds so like updating a software, but like I think it's important to know what's out there and then choosing, um, committing to it when you're ready. I think that's that's garden. Always be kind. I think that's important. No matter what religion you are, like obviously religion can cause wars or they can cause like cooperation. I think just be kind. Like that's such a common thing in all religion. Mm-hmm. Mm. Agreed. My gosh, you know, like I had a moment when you said operating system because I think religion is kind <laughs> of like an operating system. You know. There you um, go. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That was a good one, Bea. Thank you. And my dad will be proud. He's been telling me to pray. <laughs> and I think it's good that you admit that you're challenged by this, like you do not understand this. And I think it's good to question things. And yeah, you know, things need to make sense to you for in yeah. order for you to believe and actually practice that stuff. And you know, like just going through the motions without really understanding, like I don't think that's what God wants for us either. Yeah. So I think, yeah, I think we, and I think, yeah, that the podcast for me helps just conversing about these things. So mm. it's a good form, like a good platform. Right, right? exactly. Mm. So thank yeah. you so much, Sam O. So if people Yay! want to hear more about you or talk to you, how should they reach you? Well, I am on Instagram. It's the only social media that I do at I am Sam O and I do a podcast. It's called the Narrow Door Podcast, which is on YouTube and on Spotify and wherever else you get your podcast. So there. I love it, by the way. It's a fun, like, it's edited really well. Oh, Mm. thank you. Thank Mm. you. And you guys too, like you guys have countdown and everything. I was like, whoa. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we gotta, we gotta we're keep high, it thirsty. We're high tech. <laughs> we're high tech. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Thanks for having right. me, girls. I had so much fun. Yeah, thank had so you. Much fun so everyone else that's listened, thank you so much. So let us quench, quench your thirst for knowledge by subscribing to our YouTube channel and submit your love problems. I think that's so important. And milestones, not just your failures. We want to hear about the success mm-hmm. on our website, thirstyand30.club, so you don't miss a beat. And then we have a weekly newsletter called Smarter Love by Thirsty and 30. So tomorrow, I think I'll focus on faith and prayer. And I'm not sure yet. We'll, we'll figure it out after this. But um, it's really, rewatch. Rewatch this yeah, episode. <laughs> yeah, it's a guide for really modern-day woman who wants to be smarter, saner, and, of course, more faithful. Like I, Or, you know, practice their faith and the best way and stay thirsty i think you know stay thirsty everybody stay thirsty the person thirsty and 30. thanks thirsty friends for listening to our 13th episode for season two if there's anything i learned from this episode on egg freezing our belief system is a bit like our operating system it pays to update it as we go through our experiences here's our homework for you just ask yourself these questions What did you believe in when you were 18? What do you believe in now? And how have you changed as a person? 
Share your thoughts with us on our socials and keep updated by subscribing to our YouTube channel and Spotify account, Thirsty and 30, or anywhere podcasts are available for more gold like this. And of course, check out our weekly newsletter, thirsty30.substack.com, where we help you be better at your relationships. Till then, stay thirsty. Thirsty and 30.